Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. You can also imagine things that you know are impossible, like an elephant going through the eye of a needle. You would never imagine it while you're awake. If you thought you saw an elephant going through the eye of a needle, you'd worry about your mental state. But in a dream, it's normal. Something is there, and yet it's not there. It's big, but it's small. It's bigger than the other thing, but it's enveloped in the smaller thing, and these kinds of contradictions because the soul is released from the restrictions of the conscious mind. By the same token, it can also perceive things that are true and good, which the conscious mind blocks out. And so it is normal for the soul, when you're asleep, to see either past or future or come up with insights into a subject you've been studying which you could not come up with while you're awake. And that's why people who study a subject diligently will go to sleep not understanding the subject and they will wake up and they have the answer. The answer came to them while they were asleep. It's not only that the mind is refreshed and you can approach the subject with a clear mind. You wake up knowing an answer. You know it because it came to you in your sleep. The person who studies Torah diligently is rewarded, so to speak, with lessons. While he's sleeping, he's being taught Torah. Someone once said he needed something, he, was in, and he, needed, he needed advice from a, from a tzaddik, and the tzaddik was sleeping, and they said, well, we'll go wake him. It's, it's urgent. He said, never mind, it's not as important as what he's probably learning right now in his sleep. <laughs> what about nightmares? And here we get closer to our time. To some degree, our dreams reflect the thoughts that we dwell on during the day. Not that you will think about animals in your sleep if you thought about them while you were awake. It's not always that closely related. But the nature of your dreams reflects the nature of your thoughts. So that if you think pessimistically, your dreams will be negative. Not on the same subject necessarily, but in some way they will be negative because your thoughts are pessimistic. If you're very optimistic, your dreams will be optimistic. So we're taught that when we want to evaluate our moral condition, and every lesson, every speech, every time we get together, there has to be a moral lesson, not just a curiosity subject and academic acrobatics. There has to be a lesson. What are we, we going to gain from this conversation? 
So we're told that in trying to evaluate our moral status, and moral status means godly status, are we godlike or have we lost our godly image? How do we know? Obviously, you can look at your behavior, but sometimes that can be tricky. A person can behave well and yet inside be corrupt, selfish. One of the things we look at in order to determine our moral condition is the nature of our dreams. Not the message of the dream, the nature of it. Are they meaningful dreams? Not prophetic, just meaningful. Are they intelligent? Do your dreams contain intelligent subjects? Are they pleasant? Are they friendly? Are they inspiring? Or are they the opposite? And what the Zohar tells us, the Kabbalah, when the person goes to sleep, the soul rises and returns to its natural habitat, and there it is refreshed, ready to come back for another day of struggling with the body. What does it mean that the soul rises? If you're engaged in a struggle with your children, let's say. Oh, that was last week's topic. If you're engaged in a struggle with the children, it wears you out. It's tiring. It's exhausting. How do you refresh yourself? Very simply, you turn inward. You don't have to go anywhere physically. You have to go back into yourself. Go back into yourself again doesn't mean anything mystical. It means simply pay attention to yourself. The books say, the articles say, do something nice for yourself. Take a nice luxurious bath. That might help. But do something nice for yourself could also be a little bit more meaningful. Improve your own morality. You've been trying to get your kid to be a mensch, and that's exhausting. Get yourself to be a mensch. That's easier. It's refreshing. That's what the soul does when we go to sleep. During the waking hours, the soul wrestles with the body. When it goes to sleep, it does its own searching. It does its own soulful thing, and that refreshes it. It doesn't go on vacation. It doesn't retire for the night. It does what a soul naturally does, and that is more refreshing than doing nothing. That's why we find that when a Jew gets back into Jewish activities, more another mitzvah, he feels refreshed, not exhausted, because he's back in his element. And that is more refreshing than a vacation. It's more relaxing than doing nothing. So the soul doesn't go to sleep. The body has to rest, but the soul goes back to doing what souls would ordinarily do were it not stuck in a body. Now, if during the day 
we were living a more godly life, then when we go to sleep, the soul quickly and easily detaches from its efforts with the body and reverts back to itself. Then it has pleasant experience and that is reflected in the pleasantness of the dream. It has a meaningful experience and that is reflected in the meaningfulness of the dream. But if during the day the, the, the hassle that the soul had with the body was so involved, it was so complicated, that it drags the soul down to where even when the body is asleep, it's hard to untangle itself from the body. So what happens is that the soul withdraws, retreats to some place between body and soul, and it gets stuck in the middle. And when that happens, you have nightmares. You have meaningless dreams. You have negative dreams. Because the soul is aggravated. It's stuck. It's neither here nor there. In the same way, say, if you have a problem at the office, and finally the day is over, and you take a deep breath, you close the, the uh, taché case, and you turn the lights off in the office, and you feel better already. Because now you're free. You're yourself again. But that's only if you had a normal day at the office. If you had a messy day at the office, then even when the attaché case is closed and the lights are off and you're on your way home, nothing goes right. Then the traffic is bad, the weather is bad, the radio goes on the blink, you know. Nothing goes right because you're taking home with you this negative feeling that doesn't allow you to leave your work at the office and come home and be yourself. So you're stuck in between. You're not really at work, so you don't feel productive, and you come home and you cause misery in the family because, because you're in a rotten mood. You can't be home either, so you're neither here nor there, and it is, in fact, a nightmare. Only then it's a nightmare not only for you, for the family, for the children, for the neighbors, for the building. So the moral of the story is this. The nature of our dreams today generally are not prophetic. I think it's safe to say. They're not even messages. If they were, you would know it and you would do something. 